Hello and welcome to Optics Talk. My name is Crystal Carter. I am the Senior Digital Strategist at Optics Solutions. And today I will be talking to influencer Stephanie Darks all about the recovery economy and how businesses can respond as we go back to a new normal, as we as things sort of evolve. And we're going to be talking about, about the different sort of things that people can do and what she's seen happening around um, the local area and what we can see for small businesses in the next few months ahead. So we're going to be looking at what the last year has brought with regards to changes, but also things that we can look forward to in the future. Um, one of the reasons why I was really excited to speak to Stephanie Darks for this particular session is because Stephanie is a, a local influencer. So she works with a lot of people via her blog, Exploring Exeter, Discovering Devon. And she also is someone who, who works as an influencer um, just generally. She's also someone who's done blogging and she's also worked in-house as a marketer. So she's got a very good perspective on some of the um, challenges that marketers, businesses, people online are experiencing over the last year, and particularly with regards to local and small businesses. And I think that this is something that um, that is particularly important. There are lots of big businesses who have the budget to change very swiftly, very rapidly when um, things like this happen. But for smaller businesses, these these changes can have a big, big impact and they can be uh, trickier to respond to. So one of the great things about speaking with Stephanie is that she's got a really good handle on um, what small businesses might be able to do and how they might be able to respond. One of the things that has been coming out of late is that we sort of have almost a year of data now. Well, I guess we do have a year of data now because um, the last lockdown sort of started in um, last March. Um, and what we're seeing is that that there have been lots of changes and there are lots of things that are going to go back to, to quote unquote normal. But there are also lots of things that are probably going to stay um, from the sort of COVID era, era, even as things sort of start to open up here in the West. So Google did a sort of big consumer insights uh, piece from uh, called Pandemic Learnings on their thinkwithgoogle.com uh, website. And one of the things that they highlighted is that there's probably four things that are going to stay over the next few months. So even as things open up, they notice, they, they, they posit that online shopping will probably still be something that is normal and that people, people pushing for um, expecting to sort of have delivery and expecting to be able to get things delivered directly to their door, not necessarily wanting to, um, you know, get involved with the hoi polloi of being directly in a shop may very well continue. So it's so when we think about going forward, that that is something that is going to be, is going to need to be at the fore for retailers over the next few years. And I think that we've see, certainly seen this with our clients where people who have been able to, to uh, maximize their online presence, even when they have a bricks and mortar business, have been able to see benefits for both. So you can use your online presence to drive traffic to your bricks and mortar store. You can also use your, your um, online, online um, retail business to push for to be to provide you with resilience when if there are you know additional lockdowns or additional changes um, to the sort of bricks and mortar um, uh, situation, so that's something that I think that people should plan should plan for. Um, number two, 
there's also um, there's also an expectation that people are probably going to be working from home still, continuously continuing as as things open up. And I think that there was recently there's there's been some recent talk on LinkedIn about about people having anxiety about returning to the office, um, which is something that might be might be the case. Um, but I think that that part of that comes from. Um, you know, we've been we've been working from home for a long time uh, now, so probably for about a year. And I think that there are a lot of people who want to be able to sort of have this sort of flexibility, but also have the connections with their teams um, as they as they go forward. So I think that that with both the online shopping and the working from home, people are going to need to businesses are going to need to think about offering a sort of hybrid solution so that we are flexible for people who are looking to work from home, shop from home, um, and move things forward. Another one that, that Google mentioned was events going virtual. This is something that we've seen with our events. Um, this is something that I've seen with events that I've spoken at. And it's something that I think is actually quite good for a lot of for a lot of businesses and for a lot of for a lot of users. So one of the things that's great about events online is that it's particularly good for um, for communities that that maybe would find actually going to a physical event quite challenging. So people who have mobility challenges or people who have caring responsibilities or people who are in rural areas or maybe not in a sort of major metropolitan area. Being able to attend an event online is quite um, is 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 really is really a big advantage um, for those communities, and I think that what we're likely to see going forward is a sort of combination of the two. So you know maybe an event that's live but also is live streamed, and this is something that Google, for instance, have done previously. So their Google I/O uh, conference, they would very often show it. Um, show it live streamed on, uh, on on YouTube as well as having an arena full of people, um, you know, uh, getting very excited about about their new newest um, developments in tech. And I think that 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 is something that we are now all able to do. So everyone knows how to set up a Zoom feed. Everyone knows how to set up, um, you know, uh, use other use other tools like Facebook Live or or Instagram Live or. Um, or Google Meet, or or other um, other or Google, Microsoft Teams to sort of have meetings that are available to to everyone, and I think that this is good for it for a number of reasons. Um, you know, it reduces costs. It can be good for carbon carbon footprints. It can be good for accessibility. But I think also that the, having the option to to meet with people um, and to to connect with people in your industry and in your local area is also is also really good and it's also something that I, that I hope to see return. So again, this is something that that we're probably likely to see a hybrid going forward for. Um, and then also one of the things they mentioned was a sort of tectonic shift in um, in consumer habits. So one of the things that they were talking about was that people were looking for for different searches. So people were, were changing how they were searching. So people started searching for things like, can you freeze X, Y, or Z um, to sort of think about about how um, how non-essential or how, how they might be able to to uh, to uh, prepare for um, for changes in in uh, food things and and so that they might be able to bulk buy um, and I think also when one of the things is that um, people are spending more time online so so that is where people are going first and that it and that is something that provides us 
provides marketers with a lot more um, a lot more information about how we can serve clients, and it's also something that gives. Uh, gives us a lot more um, opportunity to provide more more content to sort of meet the meet that demand, and it also means that there's quite a lot of new searches that are happening. So Google very often talks about you know a lot of searches that people are searching for are the first time anyone's ever thought to search for that particular topic, and and I think that that is quite exciting for particularly from a keyword point of view where you're thinking about you know what new content you can write and how you can um, create new new things for for users. So I think that that's something that we can that we can look forward to. Um, so so yeah, so it was really great to talk to Stephanie t today, and I really hope that you enjoy this podcast. Optics Talk is brought to you by Optics Solutions. Visit our website to find out more about our digital marketing services, including SEO, PPC, UX, CRO, web design, and more. We are a top-rated digital agency within the UK and are pleased to help you on your next digital adventure. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Optics Talk. Today, I am talking to social media queen, uh, Stephanie Darks of Exploring Exeter and Discovering Devon. And she is going to be talking to us about um, some of the different things they've been doing for the, the little while um, over, over the last few, few months and also sort of how businesses are um, coming out of lockdown and sort of that advice for that sort of for that sort of thing as we go into this next phase. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Stephanie. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's really kind of, I think we've, we've been meaning to sort of, we've been circling around each other for a while. Um, so it's nice to sort of finally connect. Yeah, we have. It's really nice to connect. Yeah. I think it's really good. Lovely. Well, I was just uh, checking in. So I think um, what, let's start with let's start with the beginning. So I first um, I first became aware of, of Stephanie Darks through your Exploring Exeter um, podcast or um, blog and um, also sort of social media presence. Um, how did that come to be, and um, how did you get involved with that sort of um, that sort of thing? So um, in terms of the social media, I got involved with the social media when I was living in Southeast London in Croydon and I was running a music venue mm -hmm. and uh, I was uh, pregnant with my first child oh. and I just didn't want to work for anyone else anymore. I think I <laughs> and so I thought, what can I do? Um, and at that time, social media was quite a new thing, but I'd kind of tucked into it and I was using it for business very successfully so this is Facebook pre-Facebook business pages oh I remember those yeah. yeah so I had like a personal page set up for the bar and I was putting the events out and I was packing the place out all the time right. and I had uh, a really strong online community and I recognized how um, social marketing and content marketing was just more exciting and, mm. and less invasive than mm. um, normal kind of trad marketing. So uh, yeah, it really kind of floated my boat and I thought, well, maybe I can do that. So I just absorbed as much knowledge as I could about social media that existed at the time. So this is pre-Instagram, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when everyone's name was like first name, first name, uh, St. George's, last name pub. Like <laughs> totally, totally. So like, Facebook had just kind of come around and I'd started on MySpace, actually. MySpace was the first platform and right. I because I was booking bands. 
right yeah 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 because they'd put it was like having like a whole uh the mixtape and the and the images and i could just have a look and read their bio and i could think do i want to put them on in the bar will they work and i could you know it was a really easy way of doing it rather than like going through cassette tapes which oh my gosh (laughs) that makes me sound really old (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's how i got into social media so i set up my own social media business while i was having children um and that's what i did i um pimped myself out essentially to do other people's social Um, and I built up my own profile and while I was building up my own profile I was picked up by publications and people like that to do things for them so for example when I was in Croydon the Croydon Advertiser which is Express and Echo's sister paper contacted me and said do you want to come and write a column a music column and I said yeah sure so I joined them wrote a music column and then that became writing music features and interviewing people like uh, Jane Armour Trading and That's fantastic and the Stranglers and people like that and having my own podcast actually so sure. I went on to Croydon Radio and had a little show and did that kind of thing as well so when I came to Exeter um, I was taking a bit of sabbatical because I was pregnant with our third child and um, it, I hadn't really started getting into work because I was about to go on maternity leave mm. But um, unfortunately, we lost our baby quite late in the pregnancy and I was quite depressed and um, in quite a bad way, really. So we'd leave here in July and that had happened in the September. And um, Mm. it, yeah, it broke me. I was suffering from really extreme anxiety. I couldn't go out. Um, but obviously I still had um, my, my children, Mayor and Frankie, and my husband sure. still had to sure, be, yeah. we didn't have any friends, we didn't know anyone down here, like we'd met right. the neighbours and we had a few people that we'd kind of ma- made contact with. I had a friend that I met on uh, the Mums in Exeter group, mm. um, Emily, who was just amazing. Oh, Emily's and amazing. Yeah. yeah, she's amazing. Just these, these sort of a, a very, very small handful of people that support yeah. us. And it's, I think it's quite a tricky time to be sort of, even, even without the sort of, you know, personal challenges that you guys had, um, it's, it's quite a big, a big thing to move your whole family from one side of the country to, to another. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was very much on a whim. We kind of, we decided that we wanted to move and my husband was half working in Exeter and half working in London. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at Hove in Brighton initially. And then he said, how about Exeter? It's nice. So I haven't been there since I was a kid. Let's go down at the weekend and have a look. So we went down at the weekend. I said, well, let's have a look at some houses as well, just in case. Um, and we looked at some houses as well. And then we just thought, sod it, let's just do it. And then <laughs> we put a deposit down on a house to rent. And we moved down within a month. We put our house in Croydon on, on, on the market to rent. And then we just came straight down. So it was very much a kind of, let's just do it. <laughs> We're right. a bit like that, though. We're a very kind of sporadic family. And at the time, my son was five and my daughter mm. was two. Okay. Um, so they were still quite little. Um, but yeah, so that had happened and uh, we lost Rudy and um, it was quite a cataclysmic moment. And I think mm-hmm. that I found it quite difficult to motivate myself to do anything. Mm-hmm. And from that, Exploring Exeter was born. So Exploring Exeter was kind of my way of getting myself out of the house and getting yeah. the kids out of the house and doing things. So I just started documenting what we yeah. were doing as we were going um and yeah it just kind of grew from there it just um got bigger and bigger it turned it became in like a website and then people started picking up on it and I think the people of Exeter are really kind of receptive like the business people and just people generally are really receptive to 
people who are positive or do positive things in the city so I think uh, yeah it was kind of picked up that I was doing something positive and then the council kind of picked it up and they invited me to speak at an event um where <laughs> I rocked up and um I uh I was going to do and I didn't I was just going to go into it it was the launch of Exeter Cultural Exeter okay Cultural. yeah and um, it was at RAM. And when I got there, I found out that I was actually the keynote speaker speaking. Right, okay. <laughs> speaking after Kareem Hassan, who's the head of Exeter City Council. And I was yes. like, oh, I, I'm what now? <laughs> 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 those moments where you just think, how has this happened? And I'm very grateful for the opportunity. It was a great opportunity. And they just sure. wanted to tell my story about um, Exeter and why I think Exeter is so amazing and things like that mm. so it's quite easy for me to do because I think it is an amazing city full of amazing people yeah um, and so yeah and so exploring Exeter in the same way that when I was doing social media stuff in Croydon it opened up different avenues for me down here so um, Exeter Life contacted me and said would you like to come and be a columnist and I said oh yeah I'd love to do that so I started writing a column for them and then I started doing features for them and for Devon Life um and yeah it just kind of went on from there really so now it's kind of grown into uh I guess we've got like I think we've got like 30,000 followers across it's amazing platforms. yeah um yeah and I've got lots of other writers that write for it as well and uh yeah it's just a nice little extra thing that I do that I keep up and it, it's a lovely way of meeting people and connecting and seeing new restaurants and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely and I think it's a, it's quite a it's quite a, um, a sort of millennial way of going about things sort of sort of like I'm learning a thing I'm, I'm I want to get more involved in the city I want to find out more about the city I will document it on a blog like in real yeah. time as I find yeah. out about it and sort of have it grow organically in that way and I think I think it's a really good example of how um, of how to approach things. I think sometimes with social media, people think that they have to be the expert expert. They have to know everything about it. They have to be, um, you know, they have to be, you know, already already there. <laughs> um, but I think people will also join you on your journey. There's a lot of uh, influencers who who start off at one, you know, start off at A and they work their way mm. to B, and their their followers go with them. Yeah, um, and I think that um, with social media, because everything changes so quickly, because it's so fluid and everything, it's, you know, it's hard to be an expert and remain being an expert when you've got to stay on top of the technology constantly, 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 constantly. So, you know, it's, I think it's the nature of the beast that it's an, <laughs> ever, it's an ever evolving process doing this kind of work, because there's always new things that kind of come into it and, and change the change the game you know it's nice yeah it's a millennial thing I'm a Gen Xer oh, right. <laughs> right. so that's good that makes me feel youthful oh, I'm I'm an old millennial I'm I'm like there there's a there's a term called zillennial which is like oh I'm, yeah where you were where you remember there there not being like the internet but and uh and and things but like that's not what most of your life was was like so yeah. um yeah I don't know I'm I'm very much I'm yeah I'm I'm like the same age as Zuckerberg I'm like I'm yeah I'm like old old millennial me <laughs> well, you're not as old as me yet so you're all right <laughs> <laughs> don't worry <laughs> there we go um, I don't know sometimes I feel like um sometimes the internet sometimes feels a little bit like Logan's run like <laughs> like, you know, like your your hand's gonna flash or something, and someone's gonna go get off the internet. What are you doing? Um, so, 
I don't know. There we go. I mean, I, I feel I, I, I don't I feel um, I think with, with a lot of these things that you're right, things change super quickly. I think sometimes it's it's easier to easier to adapt than other things. And then occasionally um, I'm still getting I'm still getting used to TikTok at the moment. I watch a lot of TikTok on Instagram. The the actual interface of TikTok at the moment is is still slightly a bit much from <laughs> for me. me actually I feel the same way about it I keep thinking I must just sit down and work through it and but I just haven't yet so yeah I watch it through um Instagram primarily, primarily. <laughs> uh, well, I will at some point but yeah somehow I just can't make that that extra <laughs> but I think that's another thing that people people sort of worry about everyone thinks they need to be on every single platform all the yeah. time and you don't necessarily you can pick your favorite and get really good at that yeah, and I think actually my audience are predominantly where I am. You know, they are right. predominantly on on Twitter and they're on Instagram and yeah, mostly Instagram and Twitter actually. And so I mm. think I'm kind of in the right place for what I do. And also those videos with the music and the pointing <laughs> really irritate me now. I need people to stop seeing them. They're so <laughs> annoying in my feed. I'm like, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> it was interesting when one person did it, but now everyone's doing it. It's a bit tedious, really, isn't it? <laughs> it's been kind of done. It's been done now. Let's move on. What's the next trend? Right. Um, well, speaking of ways to cope with lockdown. No. <laughs> 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 um, so one of the things that I really enjoyed for um, um, from exploring Exeter was um, the sort of lockdown portraits you guys have been doing um, of meeting meeting different families sort of on their doorstep. Uh, I think I think they're absolutely beautiful. Um, and I don't know, can you talk to us a little bit about about that? Yeah. So I think during lockdown number one, at the very start of it. Um, a friend of mine has set up a Facebook page to link up local volunteers with people that needed help. Um, and so I said, can I help you? And she said, yeah, come and help me. So I helped her and there were three of us and we just set up this um, connection of volunteers across the city in different areas and then linked them up with people that needed help. And it became this like all consuming, massive project for a really short <laughs> period of time because then we passed it on to the council because at the time it was before the council had anything in place. Right. Um, so we kind of passed it on to them and the community builders. And when we did that, I just had in my head that I'd been speaking to all these people who had these um, experiences during lockdown, but also these people who were just so willing just to help, like so willing just to do anything to help, you know, and mm. I just felt like, wow, I live in this community mm. where there are all these people who will go out of their way to try and make other people's lives better. Mm. And then I thought, I can't do this volunteer thing anymore because it's taking up too much time. Because obviously at the time I was working from home and I was homeschooling and I just felt <laughs> quite overwhelmed like everyone yeah. else, you know. And so I thought, what can I do that... Um, will kind of shine a light on these stories and then I thought I've just got to look at what I do and what I do is I talk to people and I share stories and that's kind of part of my motivation behind exploring Exeter it's you know how can I give people a spotlight how can I shine a light on positive things and so I thought I will have a go at some doorstep photography <laughs> and I will go around and I will take pictures of people and I will tell their stories. So I'd seen that people were doing doorstep photography in different places, mm. but they weren't really doing it from a kind of journalistic perspective. And I think I come from a journalistic perspective. I'm not a photographer, a professional photographer, and I wouldn't insult professional photographers by saying that I am. You know, I'm someone that will go and I will take pictures and I take nice pictures. But, you know, I I wouldn't pay myself to go and take pictures. Sure, sure. 
So for me, it was about the story behind the picture and it was about, you know, what was going on with these people and and how they were coping through lockdown. So it was like a celebration of um, of people's efforts during that period. So Martin Goss, for example, was one of the first people and he was someone that I knew from a photography course that I did. But he um, also was one of the first people to kind of reach out on this volunteer group and he was in Pinho and he was what, like one of the people that was heading up the group of volunteers and they had a big team of volunteers and he kind of took it on board and he was just brilliant um, and so he was like one of the first people that I spoke to because I always find him inspiring because he does a hell of a lot community wise um, for equal opportunities and for all sorts of things so I started with him and then I just started putting the feelers out and putting shout outs and exploring exeters and they want me to come and talk to them. And I spoke to a girl called Kylie who had, um, who was pregnant before lockdown. Her partner left her and she ended up having to have a baby on her own in the hospital oh, and gosh. she had a two year old son as well. And I was thinking she's a hero. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Doing that. That's yeah. Really- right it's really yeah. the best of times but during a pandemic when you can't have anyone in hospital with you while you're in labor right and then so I popped around to see her and talked to her and I interviewed her and it just kind of carried on from there really and as I was going around I was just finding these really interesting inspirational people who were doing just fantastic things in the community they might have been doing fantastic things in the community or they might just have been existing do you know what I mean? Just getting mm. through it. But it was yeah. that kind of, you know, this is this is the story. It, you know, it might have just been, I, you know, what, what we've learned about homeschooling. But, you know, there's no kind of, I just said just, and there's no just in it really, because I think right. the whole process of this, of this pandemic has been that everybody in their own way has had to work really bloody hard. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I think... I think one of the things that certainly, certainly for lockdown one, and I think it's been a little bit different going as we as we move through the different phases of this of this whole thing. Um, but I think it's 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 a lot of people have compared this time to sort of you know the, the like World War Two and stuff where, where where basically it's just like it's one of the rare times, certainly in my lifetime, where everyone has had a a common experience. Like everyone is having to deal with this. Everyone is having is you know is having meetings on Zoom. Um, everyone is um, is you know how having to sort of re re reapproach how that how they do things. So so it's um uh yeah people sort of talking about the before times. <laughs> There's sort of a BC and uh, and an after COVID sort of thing. And as we yeah. move into to that phase, um, I think I think remembering some of the common commonalities and, and documenting some of the common commonalities is really, really important. Yeah, and I think that was part of it. And I think what I wanted to say was actually, you know, we're celebrating the NHS, we're celebrating the teachers, but actually let's just celebrate ourselves, all of us, every <laughs> one of us, because, you know, everyone's doing an amazing job, everyone, you know, and we are all heroes. And that was the point of it. And that's kind of what I wanted to get across with it was that, you know, pat yourself on the back. You've done really well just getting through this. Well done. You yeah. Know? <laughs> let's celebrate each other. And yeah. uh, that's kind of what it was about for me. And I think, and you've taken that "we are all heroes" message to to Princess Hay now. Is that correct? Yeah, it's kind of. It's caught. It caught a bit of a wave, really. I think it really <laughs> appealed to lots of different people. They, that, yeah. Princess Hay approached me and said, "We've got this three meter high um, shop front, which was uh, the JD Sports one, which is oh, yeah. right in the centre, and it's a real kind of real main like." focal point of the of the city centre and she said uh, would you like to display some of your work on it and I said oh okay <laughs> sounds great I love that and uh, I've got a friend Sarah Reese 
who um, did all the design. So I said, can, can we design it? And they said, yeah. So we designed it. They, they paid for it, which was very kind of them. Um, and uh, she designed it so that we just said, let's just make it as big as possible. So we took <laughs> up all the space, all the space. And it looks phenomenal. Like when we, um, and that's, I don't know if that sounds like I'm, it's not a boast it's just like it does look phenomenal like the family and I stood there and my jaw dropped I was like whoa it's massive it's huge um so yeah so Princess Hay have been really kind and really supportive and um they are very into kind of supporting community work and I think Mm. they saw the the validity and the importance of the exhibition at that time um, as did the library and libraries unlimited so I don't know if you know, you know Emily McCauley yeah yeah so she approached me first and said uh, why don't we put your pictures in the front windows of the library like really big and I was like oh that's a good idea yeah we could do that and then obviously she moved on she got a different job she moved on and Callum took over and then he honoured that and so there's 36 images in the library and they go outside in the main windows and then into the into the library. So they're all there as well. And the library have also said that when COVID is over, um, I can host an event. So for me, I am very quite a kind of events driven. When I was in Croydon, I used to run a community festival, which we kind of grew from 500 people to 10,000. And um, not that I want to do that next. <laughs> but what I do want to do is have like an end of COVID party a We Are All Heroes party where I can invite all of the people in the pictures to come along, where people can do speeches, where we can eat, drink and be merry um, and where we can, yeah, just kind of hang out and meet each other. So the library have agreed to do that as well. So I'm just hoping, hoping, hoping that eventually we'll be able to have face to faces because the exhibition's up there till the 1st of August. Fantastic. We've got a little while to go. Amazing. Oh, that sounds that sounds really good. And I think that thinking about post-COVID, I think a lot of people, I think I, I'm seeing a lot of people being sort of cautiously, but just generally optimistic. So about about how it's all, all going. Um, and I think that um, sort of bringing in what you're talking about now and and your experiences as coming into like, you know, your your yourself as an influencer. Um, uh, how do you feel that that influencers can can help with that? I know I've seen I, I, there was I think in the autumn when um when the first lockdown sort of lifted i remember seeing seeing you at the northcott sort of going look i'm at the northcott this is um you know you can go to theaters again mm-hmm. um and i and i feel like the, i feel like there's there's a role for for um for for people who are you know very savvy on social media who are um who are um able to sort of to sort of use those tools to sort of help spread the word uh, for businesses and for for initiatives like you know like vaccine rollouts and things like that yeah absolutely and i think um like you say that kind of being present being in a place and saying it's okay you can come here it's safe i think is kind of important shining a light on businesses so um uh, my friend lauren heath she writes for Dining Devon and she's done a whole piece about where to eat al fresco, when mm. it's which is, um, you know, really useful kind of pointer for these are all the places that are open. Let's try and help our food because obviously our, our hospitality businesses have suffered terribly during this time. You know, how can we shine a light? So I'm going to be doing um, some reviews and um, just I do some showcases. So if I see people's people 
sharing stuff on Instagram, I'll often share it and say, have you seen this? Blah, 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 blah. But so it's kind of just like taking people's messages and echoing them, I guess. Mm. The, the term influencer for me, I don't know, I don't really feel like an influencer. For me, an influencer, <laughs> it, I don't know. I just, it doesn't, I, what I, what I see myself as is someone that just spreads the word and shares a message. Um, okay. I don't know if I like the word influencer. Oh, okay. okay. I'm probably just being picky. And maybe it's just because I think it has negative co- connotations. Right. Are you, are I you, like to think that the work I do is quite positive. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I, I think from an industry point of view, I think, I think there's sort of, it's, it's sort of a catch all term. I think a lot of time when we think of influencers, that there's definitely like Kardashians that come to mind um, and things which is not necessarily negative, but just, but definitely like more, more sort of self-focused than, yeah. um, than sort of uh, focused on sort of a community sort of thing. But I, um, but I think that, I think that community like, um, uh, com- online communities are certainly certainly um, really really useful, and, and I think that that there are people who are able to con- to create create on cli- online communities and support communities online. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that I guess I guess you're probably more on that on that sort of uh, yeah, spectrum. I think of it. So. Yeah, I do, I don't see myself as a figure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, but I think that's semantics, isn't it? That's just me working <laughs> <all> about. <laughs> Um, yeah supporting businesses so I think um that yeah what I'm going to be doing is kind of seeing what people are doing and sharing what they're doing and I'm going to be going out the other day I went to um the library to do some bits and I went to Moco um and bought some things from Moco then I shared that you know the shops are open and um I bought a jumpsuit from Sancho's and so I'm kind of sharing those bits and pieces of little local businesses that I'm doing um and um I'll be doing some kind of roundup posts as well to say these are the things that are happening around and popping up at events and things like that so yeah it's kind of like let's support our businesses to get back after mm. all this because a lot of them have suffered so much mm. and have been working so hard to sort and of do, been working do. Really hard. some of them have completely changed their business models you know yeah yeah um, to to fit in with lockdown and yeah I think it's um yeah, I've got a lot of respect for people that are carrying on through all this rubbish. <laughs> They've been doing amazingly well. So I think, you know, the other thing is that, you know, if pe- people are listening, if you um, think that I could be helpful to you, then, you know, if you're a local business and you think I could be helpful to you, then just give me a nudge because I'm quite amenable and um, I'm more than happy to help where I can. Fantastic. And And how would you say... So, so, so if someone is, is looking to speak to, to a quote unquote influencer or a community, an online community, um, uh, uh, administrator person, sorry, Crystal, can I don't mind. Yeah. If somebody is looking to speak to someone like you, yeah. um, what, what do you think, um, what do you think, what, what would be your advice to them? Because I know that there are some, some businesses that might feel a little bit shy or embarrassed. There are some people who completely are not. And like, I get messages online that are saying, we would like you to be an ambassador. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. Why? Like, is this just a blanket thing? <laughs> yeah, I think just reach out, really. Just reach out and say, hi, um, I'm blah, blah. This is what we do. Um, I don't know if you, you know, if it's something you're interested in sharing. Um, 
yeah just just say hello we're not scary really and I, I think you know with influence or with with influencers with people who have a platform right. um like certainly for me I need to be interested in what I'm talking about on my platform mm. and I need to believe in what the people are doing so right. I wouldn't just necessarily talk about anyone I'm quite sure. not that I'm, I'm 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 selective about who I talk about how do I say that I just um well, I think it's I think it's important to get a sort of brand brand match so so I think one of the thing one of the ways that I sometimes do it like strictly from a sort of analytics point of view um uh, like for, so on Instagram for instance you can see and on Twitter um, if you click on someone's profile, you can see people that are following them that that you follow as well. So yeah. if you have a good a good idea of what your of of what your followership followership is, or if your follow, followership is very similar to your business's followership, which I think certainly for a lot of entrepreneurs, there's quite a lot of overlap with that. Um, then if you if you visit um, you know Exploring Exeter um, uh, Instagram page and you see that there are a lot you have lots of followers in common probably likely that you've got a similar customer base so you've got a similar um audience and that that there's probably some like some connection there for for um for the audiences and for yeah I mean there's an element I need to know that my audience are interested but there's also I need to be interested in it sure sure just yeah like if someone even if someone offered me a load of money if it wasn't like in keeping with what I believe and what I think I would be like no thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah because I think um exploring extra is quite true to me Mm. it's not like um it's not all about me it's about Mm. extra but it's about the things that I like yeah Yeah. things I like to do around the city and I think also there's a certain a certain amount of authenticity. So so I think sometimes you see influencers or or people with platforms, and you see um, that they'll do a brand partnership, and you're like, why are what? Why yeah, are you yeah. doing this? <laughs> and I think I just that I just wouldn't buy into that kind of thing. Everything you see on Exploring Exeter is is stuff that I you know I do actually think is good, and I right. do rate and I do enjoy you know. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of important. I wouldn't sell myself out or sell Exploring Exeter out to talk right. about things that don't, yeah, that don't fit into don't that. Kind of. And most people that follow me like the things that I like to. So I guess that's mm-hmm. where what you're saying comes in about, you know, whether that we've got the same followers. But I think, I think the thing with Exploring Exeter is it's, it's geographically focused. Mm. So actually it's slightly different to other kind of influencers <laughs> in that um it does tend to be like local things that get fe- get featured on my blog do tend to be local stuff it doesn't tend to be kind of big brands or anything sure. outside of that it does tend to be like how can we support local businesses and how can we do some other bits and pieces i'm talking to um uh i've got have you seen bart sadaki on instagram oh i'm not sure He's a Polish guy and he takes some amazing pictures. He's a young guy. And he has just written a blog for me about what it's like to come and live in Exeter from Poland. Oh, wow. Okay. Cultural differences and stuff like that. So that's the other kind of stuff that I like to focus on. I like to focus on different people's experiences. So Fatma Sabat wrote a piece last week about fasting. Okay, yeah. Ramadan. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so I think for me as well, it's kind of shining a light on the people as well as mm. and the different cultures and the different communities in Exeter. 
yeah. yeah. So using the blog as a kind of force of good to to share all of those positive stories and you know that kind of community sense of community. Sure, more, and I think more than it being a commercial enterprise, I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I, I hope I didn't, <laughs> didn't become a no, not at all. No, not at all. I think I've just gone round in circles. I think it's just me just like talking myself round in circles. So. No, but but also I think I think certainly like with social media, for instance, if you look at Facebook, there's a lot of emphasis on the community element of it. So even when there is, even when you do have a commercial something, they often like encourage businesses to set up community pages, so community forums, so that people can yeah. talk to the, to each other about the, about things. And and you know, communities pop up around things like Apple users have like communities where they talk to each other about like lovely Apple products that they like. Um, and uh, and certainly within um, uh, you know, with I mean, even online, obviously, obviously, I'm I'm an, I'm an SEO person. So there's lots of there's there are whole communities of users who use the same WordPress platform <laughs> um, and things. So I think that I think that thinking of thinking of your customer base as a community of people that that um, uh, that you know want to engage with you and want to want to learn from you and want to connect with you. I think is might might be quite a good good thing for businesses overall and might help them to understand people who are who are engaging with the community directly quite regularly like yourself yeah yep. um and you know rather than just thinking about oh these are people who will buy my stuff <laughs> yeah. and things because it's a give and take isn't it and and i think that certainly over lockdown um and I remember having this conversation when lockdown first started um, and saying, you know, what's really important right now is businesses that that are of use and uh, to to people that and that are helping people to feel um, to 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 access resources that they need. So people who suddenly started doing delivery who were like, I'm doing delivery now. <laughs> and they were like, really? It's like, yeah, you can get those things that you really miss. I'll bring them to your doorstep. Um and that's you know that that's being a resource. That's not that's not just being business. That's also being a resource for for people. Um, and you know, connect and all, all that you were saying. Lots of people, you know, re, re, repackaging their business or your or you know re, re, or pivoting their business or um, or you know starting new initiatives or that sort of thing. Um, I'm rambling, but <laughs> yeah, I you think. yeah, amazing businesses making changes. And yeah, I think like. Um, in terms of the blog and in terms of talking about those businesses um yeah i think that it's like the original question about <laughs> kind of how to how to kind of get in touch it's just get in touch and mm. if it's like identify an influencer or a blog page or, or an instagram account that you think your brand would work with that their audience might like so it's what you were saying but in reverse I guess so if someone came along and had a look at exploring Exeter and thought oh Steph talks about um chocolate and she talks about sea swimming and she talks about um the kids and so she'll probably like a uh a dry robe a really expensive dry robe <laughs> so I'd be like I'd love a really expensive dry robe <laughs> Hi, Joyro. <laughs> um, well, that's a bigger brand, isn't it? That's kind of going against everything I've just said. <laughs> okay, let's rewind it a little bit. So, like, no, 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 so I like eating, and they say, Jeff, you like eating. Come and eat. And I'll be like, okay, I'll come and eat. 
<laughs> I'm actually doing something with Circa, Circa 1924. They've invited me to come and eat and I love eating at Circa because it is one of my favourite restaurants. Yeah, it's um, nice. But I'm also going to pop along and interview Rob and ask him how his business has been affected during lockdown and see how he's changed it. Because they've done an awful lot of things in the restaurant to to change their offering during lockdown. Like they had a little deli running and they were mm. doing um, food getting delivered to your homes uh, where you cook it at home. So it was like restaurants yeah. while food, food at oh, home. Oh, right. They've been doing lots of really exciting things. So, yeah, I'm going to go and talk to him about it. And he approached me. He just dropped me in and I said, hey, Steph. Do you fancy talking talking about us? And I said, I would love to talk about you. Fantastic. <laughs> but, you Fantastic. know, that's kind of that's kind of it. Um, yeah. I think that the advice that I would give um, businesses is to bear in mind that it does take a lot of time. Mm. It takes a lot of time to write the content. It takes time to go to wherever you're going to do the experience. It takes time to edit the pictures. It takes mm. time to upload it. It takes time to do the SEO behind it. It mm. takes time to create the social media posts. So just, I think people, businesses sometimes just expect you to just kind of go and do all of this stuff that takes an awful lot of time. Sure. Um, and, you know, they might get a bit annoyed if you can't manage to do all the things. So what I would say is just bear in mind the time that it takes and bear in mind that some people might say no because I just don't have the time. I work three days a week as well. Mm. Um, so and hence that's why I do the things that I like to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People to pay me lots of money, which does happen. People do pay me money to do stuff as well. But generally a lot of the exploring extra stuff I do out of the kindness of my heart. Sure. So, well, that, 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 I think that's great advice um, for, for businesses who are looking to engage with uh, people with platforms um, <laughs> in the next in the next. I feel like months. I messed the whole thing up, Crystal. It's fine, it's fine. I just, I won't put it in the description. Um, so, an extra in me. I think maybe if I was a millennial, I'd be okay being called, called an influencer. I think maybe I'm just old school. I don't know. I feel if you're if you're an influencer, you have to do lots of selfies. That's, that's what I, I feel like. And I don't really like myself very much in photos so you don't see me that often on my feed it tends to be like pictures of things that I like looking at <laughs> fair enough that's fair enough that's fine I think I think um I, I I'm happier with doing pictures of myself when I have a filter on but there we go <laughs> or, or several um there we go anyways um so what is next for for uh, for social media queen Stephanie Dark um, so I, I'm working, I work for Bluebird Care and I do that three days a week as a marketing and comms manager. So I'm very kind of embroiled in the work that I do there. But in terms of my, so I do two, two days a week freelance. Um, and in terms of that kind of time at the moment, I'm turning We're All Heroes into a book. Fantastic. So that's, that's so exciting. A little book that um, I'm going to, so I've got some funding to publish some to go into, the idea is that they go into school receptions and hospital waiting rooms and doctor's waiting rooms so that instead of the usual rubbish magazines that are kind of lying around, you know, the ones that are like six months old, like Gardener's mm -hmm. World and stuff like that. Sorry, Gardener's World, if you're listening. Right. Um, there'll be a lovely book with loads of smiling people of Exeter in there telling us about their stories so the book will have like the whole stories in so the interviews that I did um, and it's also going to have a foreword written by Sarah Turner who's the Unmumsy Mum and um, Steve McCracken who's the guy who the artist who created the birds around the city 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. None here. He's amazing. Created yeah. a bespoke piece of We're All Heroes art to go into the book as well. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's really exciting. So I'm working really on that fun. at the moment. And when that's finished, then we're doing the event and that will be kind of around the same time. And then after that, I'm looking to do a project with Exeter Food Bank, um, which I'm quite excited about. And obviously, in the meantime, I'm also doing uh, articles for Exeter Life. I've got a couple of articles in this month's Exeter Life, an interview with Poco Drum and an interview with Steve McCracken. Which oh, month. So fantastic. that's worth looking out for. Um, and yeah, so I like to keep busy. <laughs> I was going to say, so not much then. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I don't really do sitting still anymore. I tend to, I have my two days and I like to, I like to fill them up with really exciting things that make my heart. Yeah. Oh no, that's fantastic. I think that, I think that's a fantastic place to end. I think that's great. Um, thank you so much for your time. And I, I can't wait to see all of these amazing things um, in the, in the next few months. We'll look out for the book and we'll, um, I'll make sure that I get to town to see the, ex- the exhibit. Um, and thank you so much for your time today. Maurice, thank you. And lovely to probably meet you and chat to yeah. you. It's been really nice. <laughs> it's been really nice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Optics Talk is brought to you by Optics Solutions. Visit our website to find out more about our digital marketing services, including SEO, PPC, UX, CRO, web design, and more. We are a top-rated agency within the UK and are pleased to help you with your next digital adventure.